This episode 34 Bad? on board draw. And Man City are in the mud. Man City. Man sitting in a courtroom. Do you know that the most I know in terms of kind of like money evasion kind of tax, and it's not tax fraud, but kind of that kind of situation. I've been watching Breaking Bad again recently. And do you know Skylar gives like walks money to Ted because um, he's dodging tax and she's been cooking his books. That's literally what I was thinking. The whole time I heard about this man, he's pepping the kitchen, just whipping up, whipping up a mazzoline. Fair enough. But uh, yeah, Man City, that's our first topic of discussion. We're going to talk about Arsenal. He's happy. I'm not. He's not. We're going to talk about Liverpool for a little bit. But the big news breaking yesterday, he sent me a topic list a couple of days ago. Nothing to do with it. Texted me about yesterday morning. He went, you see what the fuck's going on with Man City? My God, is it kicking off? It's going mental. The timeline has not stopped. The premise is Man City... They've been a little bit dodgy with their books, apparently. The Premier League came out with a statement and literally like, you wait for let you get away with one. We're <laughs> fucking not. <laughs> yeah. It comes after the Premier League literally 10 times what every other league in the world spent in the January transfer window. Yeah. The Liga president was not happy. Tepaz? Tepaz? Yeah, yeah, he went out. He's not happy, yeah, he boy. He's always friend. moaning, though. Um, and considering two of his clubs in Real Madrid and Barcelona are under massive financial scrutiny, it's not surprising, but he did imply those rules. But yeah, Man City in the mud. They got 105 counts against them, according yeah, to... Yeah, over 100 of just financial doping. Yeah. And so what I kind of found fascinating about it is that because the Champions League one could only go back a certain amount of time, like legally, the Court of Sports Arbitration could only take them back a certain amount of time, whereas the Prem can go back as far as they like. They can do what they fucking want. Um, because they can go back as far as like they've gone back right to the start of the Sheikh Mansour era, which I think is like two thousand and nine, maybe yeah, something yeah, like I that. I think the counts go for sixteen years. So yeah, about two thousand nine ish, and um, yeah, it's just fucked to see that they've like. Obviously, it's still all up in the air. Is it real? Is it not? Uh, they've obviously done dodgy financial stuff. There's no dispute in that. There's no way they came out and said most recently that Man City bring in the most. Revenue, revenue in the Premier League across the world. No, Apparently, yeah, the world, yeah, like, yeah, like more than Real Madrid, Man United, all these giant super clubs. That is mental for a club that can't fill its stadium. F- fam, they literally didn't exist until Shankmanso arrived. And I saw uh, J- James Lauren Alcott talk about this and how it's shit for Man City fans that were here before that era. You just can't win because, but exactly they win everything, that. but they can't win. You have had like. In this last 10 years, the best run of trophies any team will ever get, pretty much, minus the Champions League debacle. But now that you're under this heat, you've got like loads of people saying, oh, you were nothing before the Sheikh Mansour era, blah, blah, blah. That's pretty much what I'm saying. And um, But then the people that were there pre the Sheikh Mansour era, they're going to be there after the Sheikh, after this whole thing blows over. But it's those people that have decided to become a Man City fan whilst this has happened. And they're the most vocal. And that's yeah. the problem. But you know what the best part is, yeah? So football is very tribal in nature, especially now with social media, everyone has an opinion. I'm seeing a lot of Man City fans saying, fuck it, take the relegation, send us to League Two, we'll be back. <laughs> Slap them. They'll get back so quick. Mate. They'll get back in two seasons, yeah, mate. Genuinely. And they just skip leagues. 
but yeah, honestly, Haaland they're the like ones. Goals. They're the ones who weren't there when Man City were no one. Yeah. When Robinho signed for Man City, thinking he was signed for Man United, they didn't know <laughs> about that. that. They didn't know who that. Yeah. They weren't there for the Mark Hughes days. The days of Stephen Ireland and all that rubbish. Yeah, mate. Literally. Like, Richard Dunn, bro. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's mental. It is mad. And so, basically, from what I've read, obviously, we're ne- neither financial lawyers or kind of whatever. I we would don't... argue that the area of FFP and financial regulations is probably fan. one of our weaker subjects. <laughs> yeah, but as a terms QBR of fan, you've been there, done that. Me- it is mental to me, yeah. It's fucking... <laughs> so it is so outrageous. That fucking QPR have the biggest fine in the history of football, yeah. Mate, look at the Super League, yeah. Fucking Damn. Chelsea, Arsenal, all them, man. All those scumbags. Snaky scumbag clubs. Yeah. What did you get? Like a four million pound fine? You yeah, don't even have to pay back. That, that's, yeah. We got a 144 million pound fine. Yes, an L. And yeah. we're like 60 forever in the championship. <laughs> just... I've given up ever seeing my team back in the Premier League. Go back to like a boardroom episode, like maybe know, yeah, a three a months boy. ago. Yeah. I was buzzing. October, we were top of the league. <laughs> and now I've just resigned to fate. I don't like football anymore. And we're just going to be doomed to be 16th in the championship forever. If anyone else is 16th, we're going to take that spot from them. Bash. But, so, yeah, you know, you've been hit with the swift big dick of the law, the financial law. But Man City, what they've, from what I've read, what they've been doing is lying about kind of salaries. And so apparently Roberto Mancini, when he got in, was definitely on a massive contract. I think he was renowned as being the highest paid manager in the world. But I think they still undervalued how much they were paying him. And then players, they were undervaluing how much their contracts were. So there's a lot of just like playing down I think how much money was getting paid. The counts in. break down to like four sections. So like... You've got the Roberto Mancini, the manager of remunerations. So that's one of them. The other account is sort of the um, sort of fair play of sponsorships that they're getting. So like obviously you spoke about how much revenue they're meant to be yeah. bringing in. The issue goes back to them being a state-owned club and also having state-owned sponsors. So they can basically, there's no independent adjudicator which can evaluate and go, right, that is way, you're earning way too much from this sponsor yeah. where this sponsor shouldn't be bring in that much. Mm. The other ones are um, the actual financial fair play where they might have bodged the books a little bit in terms of how much they were spending, how much they bought players in for, how much um, they're paying them and, and that sort of goes back to their players getting sponsorships and things like that. And the third, uh, the fourth one is the um, the lack of cooperation. Whereas Man City came up with like this fucking statement, being yeah. like, "We've cooperated, <laughs> we are very surprised, but we can't give you evidence of things that haven't happened." That's mm. basically their standpoint, and they're very much behind that. But yeah, the Roberto Mancini thing's interesting. I think he was getting excess sponsorships to top up his salary oh, mad. from a club in the UAE, which was also owned by Sheikh Mansour or something like that. So you don't have to put that on your books. Obviously, that's coming from an external source. He's just earning that money, whatever. But it all links in. Who knows? That could be quite bad. But that goes back literally years. Yeah, that is crazy. And I've seen Pep, like, when Man City were under the spotlight a couple of months, it was about a year ago It was after they won the treble, he got asked that question. And um, everyone, apparently, like, eight or nine Prem clubs, like, wrote to the, the, like, FA and were like, we need Man City out of the Prem. And so he came out of the media and was like, eight or nine teams want us out of the Premier League, blah, blah, blah. 
And so I think there's just a lot of teams now probably waiting and thinking, maybe it'll happen. Man City and Liverpool. I've seen. So apparently, if not, they'll get their title stripped away because I don't. They, I, I think, that's, I think just, that's just too much hassle. It's just yeah, genuinely that was my opinion. It's just the the, the like, excess faff. It's not. That, it's not it? worth it even for the clubs that would win the title because no one's ever going to be like, well, yeah, yeah Liverpool you, deserve that. Yeah, because but the teams that win it, it goes Man United, Liverpool, Man United, Liverpool, Man United, Liverpool, which is crazy because those two teams would have loved it. But then also, they've got enough, so give them. No, sit. but it's not even that. It's just but, like it, it, that's happened. Yeah, they it is care. what it is. Like sometimes, although fans are hungry, let sleeping dogs lie. Fans, I see Man United fans and they're hungry. Yeah, but they've been starving for yeah, years, yeah, yeah. mate. They My think they, the world starving. owes them something. But I was thinking about this earlier, right? If you think about the Premier League as an so like as players as assets, Man City probably own about 40% of the value of all the Premier League assets. Mm. I, I'm like, Haaland's probably about 10% on his own. Mm. So you think if they got relegated, whether it be to the Championship or the uh, League One or League Two or non-league or they follow as a club, think about how those assets would spread. So obviously you'd have like a lot of clubs in Europe, PSG, Man, uh, PSG Real Madrid, all their man coming in for the likes of Haaland, yeah. Foden, um, Edison, De Bruyne, yeah. But you'd also see a lot of the young talent the likes of Rico Lewis, the likes of Fabian, potentially moving across the Premier League team. So, like that asset spread could be really interesting. Yeah, and we could actually see how good these players are individually. Yeah, you see players like Sterling turn up at fucking Chelsea. He's stunk out of the gaff. I've seen talks that Chelsea are eyeing up Luis Enrique and Pep Guardiola as potential replacements for Potter. And could you imagine if Man City left? And so Pep came out and said, like, if I've been lied to by the club, I'll be gone immediately. Yeah. And so if Pep's on the market, where does Pep go? Liverpool. Mad. Could you imagine what Liverpool turned into title win? Let us know. If you're Pep Guardiola and you're on the market, where are you going next? You've done La Liga. You've done Bundesliga. Serie A, mate. Yeah. Is it the redemption? Serie A do Juventus? be kind of popping. Mate, Serie A's f- like... Yeah. Mate, Atalanta, Milan are crumbling. AC Milan are crumbling. Yeah. Into Milan yeah. doing some bits. Maybe Juventus PSG. in trouble. Fucking long if he goes to PSG, man. But yeah, you find that boring. I, reckon. I, I just want I want him to go to like a proper boutique little hips. Go to Union Berlin, mate. I think they're top of the Bundesliga. Come, him and Seth Fabregas. Oh. Him and Seth Fabregas, mate. Marky Bircham, assistant manager. That's Shout out. But, but yeah, it is a problem for Man City and it will be interesting. However, I do not think anything will come of it. Slap on the wrist. Yeah. The problem is, yeah, you've got two parties at war here and Man City might think for all the love in the world that they've done nothing wrong. Mm. But the Premier League have come out with such a statement that they will want to find something wrong now. Yeah. This brings into the spotlight the need for an independent adjudicator of the Premier League of all of England's football leagues. Yeah. Um, this was a massive topic when the Super League was about. Gary Neville was a big proponent, uh, proposer of an, bringing an independent uh, adjudicator panel. If we had that, maybe the sponsorships that Man City have been given via their links to state-owned affiliates and things like that probably wouldn't have been allowed to happen or mm. they would have capped how much they were allowed to write on the books yeah. as what's coming in. But, you know, I mean, we're not financial experts. We, we're we not directors of football. We are not FDs. We're nothing. I think just, if when you nothing. get to, you're talking billions, there's always something dodgy going on because... I mean, yeah, when you're talking about the amount that they've spent over the last, the course of the, well, since the allegations have begun about 16 years ago, you're talking money where if you if you lose a couple million, it probably isn't that big a yeah, deal. Yeah. 
I think one thing we can be sure about is Chelsea are probably fucking buzzing that the spotlight has been taken off of them in terms of financial fuckery. I think you have to look at Chelsea though and think they're the problem. They, they would not have done what they've done if it wasn't for a loophole. There, there is no, there is no man in the world who would be gung ho enough, maybe apart from Todd Bowley, mm. to come in and literally spend what six hundred million, million yeah, like fuck. in in this course of about six months. You wouldn't do that unless you were sure that you were going to get away with it. Financial fuckery is what knows, I like to... Yeah, Man City are... Yeah. And that's but, off the pitch. So let's talk about on the pitch here. On the pitch, they're catching L's, man. Big L to Tottenham. Harry Kane looking pretty good, you know. Broke the 200 Premier League goals. Broke Jimmy Greaves' record. Do you reckon he'll catch Alan Shearer? So he's about 60 off? I think he looks really good this season. And like, if he plays for another four seasons... And if he gets a move this summer... I think if he does make... The, I think this summer is like the cutting point. He either makes a move to an elite team, be it Man United or if like Real Madrid decide to randomly come in for him or just make a big elite move or he stays at Tottenham forever. I think he's, he's more likely to break the goal record if he stays at Tottenham. Unless he goes to City. I reckon Man United he scores more than he does at Tottenham. You think so? Yeah, 100%. I don't know. It'd be interesting off, to see. Like, off topic, I really like Eric Ten Hag. I, I think he's a top, top manager. He's got to play absolutely astonishing football. Marcus Rashford's in the form of his life. I kind of, I've always just like, May Night managers, I'm like, oh, they're long, like very unlikable characters. But Eric Ten Hag, he's got a bit about him that I like and I'm like, it's kind of annoying. I think um, as well, you look at what's happened to Ajax since he's left, they're in trouble, man. Yeah, man. That's a, they're in dire straits there is a lot of backlash from um, Ajax fans at the minute about their current position but yeah Man City are in trouble and it is maybe to the benefit of Arsenal that this is all coming to the spotlight now because Man City are now going to be thinking not just about their on the pitch troubles they've got a lot of off the pitch troubles yeah. Arsenal purely focused on football they're out of the FA Cup who cares yeah we, we'll talk about Arsenal in a bit because this weekend wasn't one to write home about but um Harry Kane, I want to just touch on him a bit more. He is that guy for Tottenham. I think they'll be absolutely like stupid, stupid to lose him. And we were talking about him. Will he break Alan Shearer's goal record? Do you think he's the best English striker to have ever played the game? But you have had this conversation a few times on the podcast. I still think Prime Rooney is the one. Yeah, I look back I'm. At, I think even Prime Owen was. Oh my god, was scary. Uh, I, yeah, I. I but Harry Kane is maybe like Mister Consistency, and yeah. what I love about him as well, he has no off the field issues. He's just he like turns up, he scores goals, and goes home. Yeah, that's true. I think yeah, he's consistent. Like I, I get what you're saying about Prime Owen. I think anyone in their prime, there's like a discussion. Like you could say Prime Owen was probably the best English player I think, ever. But like these players, Ro- Rooney and Owen, their peaks were higher. Yeah. But Harry Kane has got to this level, and he's just stayed there. And yeah. Yeah, he's had a little wobbles where he's gone about like three games out of goal, or whatever. What I th- thought was interesting is that um, there was a discussion about Ro- like is, I think for me the discussion is Rooney versus Harry Kane. I think Alan Shearer is quality, but. It, Obviously, it's not our era and kind of, I think he was kind of just like a freak situation where he was really good at a time where everybody else wasn't that good. But I think what Rooney has going for him is obviously the trophies, crazy amount of trophies. But I think what does him a disservice is because he's doing it in a team that at that time was probably the best team in the world, managed by the best manager in the world. 
had like absolute world-class stars around him. Whereas Harry Kane, in my opinion, has done it in a team full of absolute dross. Just dross everywhere. Apart from Son, and he's built this absolute world-class partnership with Son. He's been doing it with fucking idiots just around him. <laughs> I mean, it's like he's carrying so much dead weight. So much dead weight by himself to put up the numbers he's doing to keep Spurs consistently in, in and around Champions race, League yeah. spots. I think I, I, don't, I don't give him enough kudos because I always just go, Rooney, yeah, better. And I think he is. I think we'll see it as well. Is but obviously I'm the warming last, to Harry Kane a little bit. What I've noticed as well, and there's maybe some correlation with the uh, situation that Arsenal find themselves in at the top of the league, but a lot of Arsenal fans have, have sort of warmed to Harry Kane a little bit. <laughs> and it's because the gap between them and Tottenham has gone like this. Yeah. I, I, mate, if you were three points ahead of them, or um, even on points as, as them this season... You would not be saying this about Harry Kane. You'd be going, he's a fucking... He's fucking done it again, Harry Kane! <laughs> mate, yeah, you, maybe, too, maybe that's too it. too clear at the minute. Maybe that's, that's it. That's what's happening. It's, too clear. Too it, happy. It, it's all breezy up at the top. You're just gassed because he, he's fucking put... Sit- well, he, I was about to say that. He's covered for your fuck-up. <laughs> yeah, I was about to say that. So basically, Arsenal's weekend was, you're going in riding high. We've got the worst team in the league. Bosh. Big ginger dice you come in. Big cunt here. Um, 3-0 Arsenal I predicted yeah that worked um, so we go into that we lose everyone's riding low bloody su- I see suicidal thoughts on the timeline and I'm like fucking hell we're top of the league everybody just calm down and City looking okay going to a Spurs team they're looking a little bit shaky but Spurs always get a result against City bosh Spurs win it's buzzing City lose everyone's a bit like shit but how then do Spurs you feel win. though isn't it? Like Spurs are winning you like this conflicting feelings, and then Man City get hit with the the swinging swinging it's big all dick of the kicking law kicking off towards Sorry. the top end of the Premier League, and we will be back in a minute to talk about Arsenal and Everton and how Big Sean Dyche has demolished this man's aspirations. But has he? Who knows? Find out. Arsenal this weekend found themselves in a sticky situation against the Toffees. That was nice. Thank you. I thought about that in the two minutes I went to walk up to turn the camera on and off. So, we lost to a <laughs> an Everton team that I think... So, we always struggle at the Goodison Park. Um, I saw they put up a stat during the game. And it was like, in our last five visits, we've got one win, four losses, I think. Which is fucking shocking. Um, obviously, we were talking about the podcast uh, in the podcast last week about the Damari Gray, uh, Gray last-minute winner. We went up to Goodison Park last year. So it hasn't been a good ground for us to go to. And then to add that on top of that, Sean Dyche, who's always seemed to have our number, he, he plays this like aggressive kind of man-to-man, I'll fucking nut ya kind of style. And Arsenal teams of old have always been kind of painted with the brush that they're like soft lads that just get bullied. So we used to get bullied by Sean Dyche's teams quite a lot. But I thought going into this game, Riding on quite of a like a crest of a wave in terms of our form that we were going to be too much for them. You've come out of a pretty hard run of fixtures as well. Yeah, I think the FA Cup against Man City was our first loss in a long time, but it was a loss. Yeah, we put out a reserve team pretty much. Shout out Drake, you going back to back? So, I think we just got to shout out Sean Dyche. I don't think it was a case of. Like, do you want to like hear my analysis of yeah, the game? I've got. I've. I literally have put it down to a to one thing. Why you lost? 
a bleep test. Yeah. You watch it, yeah? Arsenal to I die or whatever the documentary is going to be. We're all or nothing Arsenal. <laughs> Arsenal Season two. Yeah. After the game against Sean Dyche, Mikel Arteta finds himself in dire straits. He doesn't know what to do himself. Out on the pitch, he'll be bang. Who you got next in the league? Brentford. He's be Brentford don't have an atmosphere, so I don't know how they're going to do that. <laughs> He's going to be playing silence around them on the training pitch, just doing bleep tests. Do you know in the All or Nothing when Arteta is like, if I lose a duel, I am mad. <laughs> if I lose a 1v1, I am mad. He's never winning against Deitch, is he? And so that's, I think that is the problem. Who wins he... in a fight, Sean Deitch or Arteta? Sean Deitch, mate. Do you think it's like a fucking... Stone Cold Steve Austin versus Puss in Boots? Yeah, genuinely. But Puss in Boots like... is pretty hard, you know. I think Sean Dyche, that photo of him as Stone Cold is so funny. That's so apt. And um, No, but for real though, let's get back into the football. Shut him down. The reason Arsenal lost. Arsenal are the best team in transition. They have the best press in the Premier League. And they, it's another term that people like to use, rest defence. It's where you position yourself in attack to allow your team, when the, there's a turnover in play, to allow your team to already be in defensive positions to cut channels and to prevent opposition transitioning fast and effectively. Sean Dyche, he's a bit of a four-four-two man. However, did not play four-four-two. Not four-four-two. The flat three in the middle completely negated anything Arsenal wanted to do. They couldn't press properly. They couldn't get out of the midfield properly. Mm. All their channels were cut. And he and he negated their rest defense. Sean Dyche, mate, has come back into the Premier League for one game. And done what only one other team in Man United who did, didn't really do it. They just turned up when Arsenal didn't. Yeah, I think Arsenal deserved to win that game. But Sean Dyche has literally done something that no manager in the Premier League has been able to do so far this season. Yeah, it's slightly worrying for Arsenal that it was that easy for him to figure it out. Onana as well. Onana <sighs> is elite, man. So yeah, top, like you top. said, that midfield three of Idrissa Gay, Onana and... Was it Iwobi? No, Decore. And then Iwobi and Dwight Manil on either side. And because he plays such a tight thing, like uh, you've watched his coach's voice thing or coach's masterclass thing where he talks about like defending the V of the box. So there's like a, where the goal is, then you do a V out to the end of the box and then like straight up the pitch. As long as he's got his entire team in that zone, he's happy. So what he did is when you've got fucking, who did he have? Centre-backs, Tarkovsky and Connor Cody. They're, they're, what, they're two defenders that just get in the way of everything, will make tackles, fucking put their heads on the line. Probably not very good technically, either of them. But that's they not don't what need he, to be. That's exactly He doesn't need them to do that. And then you've got in front of them the three that we were talking about. You just congest a very compact area. And like you said, Arsenal just got suffocated out of the game. And then when you combine that with insane work rate as well, anytime Arsenal... Arsenal had the ball for a lot of the game. But when you're working so hard, getting the ball off of Arsenal, Arsenal don't have like the momentum to get anything going. And I don't think it's a case of us looking like really poor. I think you just came up against. I think just a, a team well who had the answers for team. you, and you hadn't felt that in probably quite a long time. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So what you tried against other teams hasn't worked against this time, and you've got away with it with the Tottenham result. You've yeah, got away time. with it. I mean, if. City beat Tottenham. What are they? Two points behind Squeaky you. Squeaky bum time. I think you've got a game in hand though. We do, yeah. You still got to play them twice though. Yeah. You, you've got an away with one here. Yeah. But maybe this is actually a bit of a blessing in disguise. Yeah, I saw it, people talking about that. It's like it just gives Arsenal that little bit extra kind of motivation to think 
oh, this isn't as easy as, easy as it's going to look. It, you need to be on job all the time. And I think you can, it's, it's a bit easier to uh, like sort of throw it over your shoulder a loss against Everton than it is if you went and lost to Spurs or you, exactly, lost, yeah, to, yeah, uh, yeah, you lost to Man United or Chelsea or whatever. Yeah. You know, another big team. Because you think, oh, it's a, it's a thing that happened. We got a bit complacent, a blip, maybe. Yeah, yeah. I don't think it is complacency. No. But... I saw something JJ on. Ball said in um, TIFO podcast. Shout out those guys. He said um, it's impossible to um, kind of construct the same kind of motivation as a team that's just got a new manager in. Yeah. That are like bottom of the league. Like, no matter how motivated your players are, they could be on like a 100-game win streak. A team that are fighting for their lives, who have just got a new manager in. Especially one of the calibre of Sean Dyche, who is a proper hard man. Everyone is going to be on their peak level for that team. And you can't con- manufacture that kind of motivation for a team that's winning all the time. Because the other boys, they're just so much hungrier. So it's it was always going to be a hard test for Arsenal. But fuck me, we did make it harder by our passing around the box was so slow. And then for me, one thing I noticed that this season we have been better at, but back in the day, we always, um, everyone used to say about Arsenal, oh, they're trying to walk the ball into the goal. And we used to do that all the time. That was a classic thing. That was a classic. But now we started scoring a lot more goals from outside the area. But this game in particular, I don't know if I just noticed it because I was looking out for it after I noticed it. We were just doing like extra touches around the box, the extra pass too many times where we could have had a shot. And it was starting to do my head in. I mean, if you look at like the peaks of form this season for players like Odegaard and Xhaka, it's when they are taking those shots from outside exactly. the box. Like, and they have the capability of doing it. But that flat three in the middle and that co- the, the sort of the compression where there aren't many gaps between the defence and midfield and midfield and attack for Sean Dyche's teams, mm. you don't have that time and space. Yeah. I just, yeah, I would was hoping we'd test Jordan Pickford a bit more because I don't rate him at all. But yeah. Fair play to Everton. I think they they had too much for us on the day. Combination of insane new manager bounce motivation and a manager in Sean Dyche that won't like accept anything less than 100% every time. So it was going to be hard for Arsenal. Everton to survive the season. Is it too early to say? I think it's the perfect um, appointment in Sean Dyche. I think any, any other manager, so like even Bielsa, as much as I rate Bielsa, I think he would have taken a lot longer to impart his philosophy. Might and, be a little too late. And they don't wouldn't have that kind of time to allow that to happen. So I think as kind of tight as their situation is, they need results ASAP. Sean Dyche was the guy. They got him in. I think he'll I mean if you look job. at if you look at other teams in the Premier League, there are probably a lot of teams that are I mean Leeds at the minute, they're managerless, they're hoping to get the points on by Sunday. We we were going to talk about them a little bit on this podcast, but I think we'll move on to bigger discussions. No offense to Leeds, who we can are talking about who they've got in in the pipeline. Yeah, they've got uh, Carlos Corbran, the, man, uh, the uh, West Brom manager. Yeah, so but, the bookie favourites at the moment are Corbran, Marcello Bielsa, Hassan Huttel, Pochettino, and Angie Postacoglu, who I've heard very good things about, and I think I would like to see Angie Postacoglu in the. Oh, I've also seen the. Did you see the them being touted with? Well, some of them are crying out for Tuchel. And uh, he's on this list. To Even Pochettino is probably reasonable. Yeah, Pochettino is reasonable. Bordering. Tuchel, Tuchel probably yeah. a little bit. Michael Carrick, who's doing an absolute madness with Middlesbrough in the mate, championship. Can these Premier League teams just fuck off for a minute? Yeah, I swear to God. He's just coming snapping up all the big Mate, guns. Michael Carrick's been in the job for about two weeks. Yeah. Fucking Corbran's been in there for like 
three and a half weeks. I don't know anything about Corbran, but what I I have actually seen him manage Highly rated, highly, highly because rated. Because he used to manage the Leeds under-23s. And I went to an under-23 Leeds game when I was at uni there. And I wasn't like, whoa, but I was. I, I looked about them to, to see like if they had any ballers or whatever. And I saw that he was managing them. So to see that he might go back to Leeds, it'd be interesting. I don't know where this fascination... I, like The Championship is a good league, right? Mm. But it is not the Premier League. It is, it is nowhere near the Premier League. As seen by Nathan okay. Jones. Nathan Jones, done well at Luton, got Premier League. He couldn't fucking handle his dinner, mate. He is in trouble. Big trouble. And he came out... He's going to get did, run out of Southampton. Did you see the the press conference where he came out and said there was no one in Europe that was doing what I was doing? Mate, he's a fucking <laughs> weird <laughs> goal. weirdo. I said this from day one. He's yeah, no, absolute, you did, you did. He's a rat. Yeah, you he did. He is a lizard. He, he was is. like... What I was doing at Luton, there was not many managers in Europe that were doing what I was he doing. He probably is the best manager in the world, to be fair. But yeah, to be fair. Hopefully Man City him. get him in after Pep Guardiola. Don't think they had the pool. Yeah, that's true. But yeah, um, just like the championship is not... You, you've got to give these managers time. Yeah. Michael Carrick, this is like his first job mm. it coming out of uh, retirement from football. <laughs> <laughs> I didn't really know how to put that. Yeah. Core brand is... He has, he's got good manager experience. He's done well at previous clubs, but he's still young. Yeah, yeah. You need to give these like managers time. Mick Beal, yeah. I don't know what's going on at Rangers. He's he's getting results. They're conceding about three goals a game though, and he's never going to beat Celtic. Luke's buzzing about it. I'm ready for his demise. The mole man is going down. <laughs> but like, honestly, give these managers time yeah. to grow. Don't like you look at uh, Rob Edwards. Snapped up from Forest Green, went to Watford, uh, Watford, who were renowned for giving the managers loads of time. Yeah, no, and it, like Steve Cooper, he went uh, to Swan. He was at Swansea. He he literally, um, yeah, he went to Swansea, got them into the playoffs. Didn't work out there. Faded away a little bit. Went to Forest in the season. Literally took from bottom to winning the playoffs, and. Now they're now they're flying off the, the table. Pre- I yeah, think they've, they've won the most points since, since the, the beginning of the calendar year. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like it's crazy. So you've got to give these managers time, but you can't just snap them up from the little baby nest that is the championship and think they're fucking oh they're good enough already. Yeah, it's, it's a whole different ball game. Speaking from my experience of football manager, it's a whole <laughs> different ball game. <laughs> oh, we should do like a little board your football manager situation. They used to slap back in the day. Um, what I do want to say about Leeds. And it's kind of similar to Everton, maybe even a little bit more in the sense that their squad is stacked. There's no way this team should be in. Yeah, in a. I, I don't know, man. Bamford's they, pretty shit, bro. Bamford is, and he came out. He came out. I was literally like, "What the fuck was Jesse Mars doing?" Bamford's washed, but they got Sinistera, who's easily like top half prem. They got Nonto, who's an absolute baller. Still young though. Rodrigo, who should be a decent, yeah, he's, good, he's, good. he's decent level prem striker. A midfield of Weston McKenney, Tyler Adams, and Mark Rocker is decent. The defence has always been a bit shaky, and I think they failed to address it a lot of times. Robin Cox, okay. Be Robin your cock. <laughs> <laughs> um, Liam Cooper is absolutely washed. He shouldn't be in the Prem. Luke Ayling, pretty washed. Shouldn't be in the Prem. Pascal Strout, pretty average. But Elan Melier, I think, is quality. He'll be a top. He might be a top, like. Yeah, I think Spurs will get him, maybe. Yeah. If they don't get Pickford after Lloris. But yeah, so once they sort out that defence, if they've got a defensive manager in that knows how to sort a defence out, the the rest of the team, I think, is stacked enough to keep them in the Prem. Fair enough. I mean, 
there is just a uh, there's something that I need to talk to you about. Something. Talk to me. I'm sick and tired of Leeds. I don't care anymore. They're the most average team in the Premier League. Averagely shit. Do you see the scrap that broke out after the Leeds Nottingham Forest game outside the stadium? There's yeah, like, but that's a bit of a. That's not really a rivalry, is it? But nah, I don't know. It's like biggish clubs, but um, yeah, I don't know. Leeds fans, I think, are just absolutely rattled at the moment, which is fair enough. Fair enough. Yeah. Yeah. The thing I want to talk to you about is it time? Is it time for Jurgen to clop on out of Anfield? I like that. I like that. Yeah, not as good as the Toffee one, but yeah, I think... So there's always been a talk of Jurgen Klopp having this, what is it, seven, sin, seven season syndrome? Or is it nine? It might be... It's nine or seven seasons, and then he kind of struggles. So that's kind of like two iterations of a team, I'd say. You get like the one where you come in, clear house... That team lasts for about three-ish years. Then you have the rebuild. And then you have the rebuild again. That team lasts for about another three-ish years. And then can he rebuild again? And for me, I think Jurgen Klopp is is too good to get the sack. But Jamie Carragher said it that best. team is lost. Jamie Carragher said it best. I think he said, there is you remove every member of that squad... And every member of staff and every member of the board before you remove Jurgen Klopp. He is, for me, the I most like important it. man at that club. Yeah. He, next to Pep, is the best manager in the world. 100%. Yeah. I, you can argue that he like Pep has had his number over the years in terms of the trophies they've won. But he was never going to like best him at Dortmund, was he? Pep had Bayern. Mm. Arguably City have had the better pool but I think Liverpool and the City's numbers are pretty uh, equal when it comes to spending yeah yeah but I think like you say also Pep had less of a job to do when he took over cities compared to what Klopp had to do Liverpool 100%. were in the mud yeah they had but, a fucking man like I don't know who do they have Joe Allen in their team oh mate it um, was just it was poor was some absolute throwbacks poor, that they had in that team like most no who's Sissoko Sacco yeah Mamba Sissoko he was a shocker. They had some stinkers in that team. Terrible players. But I I don't really know what they do. This is like the impossible situation because their team on paper is good. Yeah. Their team on paper is good. Should got, be getting slapped 3-0 by the got team. Allison, who is the best scored the least in the goals in the Prem. Yeah, they can't mate. concede three goals to Wolves. Wolves can't score more than Your one Your favourite stat of the year at the minute, Wout Fez, their top scorer. <laughs> Mental. Yeah, but it's fucked. Looking for their team, right? Their, their best start level. Allison. Probably the best keeper in the league. Yeah. I would argue maybe... Starts ahead of Edison for Brazil, so... Yeah, that, that pretty and much says it all. Yeah, yeah. Trent Alexander-Arnold, you don't fall off. You don't fall off like you do. He, for probably four seasons, was the best right-back in the Premier League, arguably, with maybe the likes of top Reese James yeah. and Shao Cancelo. I think what's nice for Trent is that his fall-off has come in line era, with yeah. the Liverpool fall-off. So... He, Whereas, like, the start of the season, everybody was just pinning it on him. Now that they're seeing that even with Trent not in the lineup, they're getting slapped. So, Trent's probably thinking, you've not got, just me. You've got Matip, Champions League winner, Premier League winner, and probably one of the most underrated centre-backs in recent years. Mm. Virgil van Dijk, who... He's injured at the moment. Team of the year, team of the world ever, Premier League Luke had him in his best ever. I've cursed him. He defends with Azora now. That, but, that has stunk. But yeah, like arguably one of the best centre-backs the Premier League has ever seen. Yeah, yeah, Left-back, Andy Robertson, another top, top player on his day. Fabinho, 
Thiago. That third spot is 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 dodgy. I'm just going to say something on that. So they've both a couple, couple of weeks ago. I said Thiago is the most overrated player in the Prem, and I didn't get belters from anyone because no one responds to me. But um, I've fought it for a while. But he just gets so much love on Twitter from like football purists that are like, "Oh, he's so silky on the ball," and he is. He's got tech. And like I said in that podcast where I said he was overrated, go play futsal if you've got tech. He is physically just getting shagged every time. Matias Nunez and Ruben Neves for Wolves were just having him on burners all the time. He's just not strong enough, not fast enough. I think him, when he signed for Liverpool, that's where the problem started. They lost Genie Wijnaldum, who was perfect for the Prem, running for days, technically so good. Could marshal that midfield by himself if he needed to. And they got in a man that is washed. So old. So slow. Yeah, he's techie. But he's so slow. So weak. I think think he does have a a place in in that squad. In that starting eleven. In but that, they're not utilizing. I was going to say he's got a space he, in the squad and it's on the bench. Mate, he's a tempo man. He's a tempo man. But you can't control the tempo of a game. You never have the ball. Going back to this discussion, yeah. Yeah. Luis Diaz. Um, they got a fuckery in terms of injuries. He he was doing well until yeah. he got injured. He's injured. Jota's injured. Firmino's past it. Jota, that's another good shout. He, he's actually good on his day. Yeah. When yeah. he gets consistent run, he like FPL asset, mate. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Mo Salah, you don't be the Premier League's like top top fucking. I've had him in my fantasy team for I think the whole season so far and I am rotting away with this kind of my team sad but yeah Salah I don't know the fall off has been hard since probably AFCON that that sort of yeah we've been looking at that length of time now it's been a while he's not really rekindled that form but it it does and like Darwin Nunez he can't he can't he can't he, hit a barn door. Have you he seen? He is really he is so dangerous. He's like an explosive bomb. Yeah, he's in. A, but it, mate, you're firing at like he's a magnet for chances. But you see, already in his time in the prem, I think he's third in terms of big chances missed. Yeah, it's I just, crazy. But Liverpool are doing things correctly. I don't know if it's Klopp's problem. It well, it clearly is. But we will be yeah. back in a minute to wrap up Liverpool and give you our predictions. Bash. When we left, we said, is it Klopp's problem? And it fucking definitely is. Because at the end of the day, you're the manager. You're the one that's going to take the, the beating for it. Yeah. But we've gone through that Liverpool team. It's a good team. Yeah. It's a it's an absolutely outstanding team. You put them against pretty much every team in the league. And four of those players probably minimum get into uh, any other team in the league. True that. Where is it going wrong? Because I've, I've tried to look at it. I've... Tifo, um, I think with Seb Stafford Broad done a brilliant video about Liverpool's press and why it's not working this season. Oh, and when, to watch that. when Liverpool were their best, they were that killer transitional team, sort of like Arsenal are. They didn't play with the inverted um, fullbacks, mm. but Trent was getting balls into the box and they would transition from defence to attack like that and, and absolutely kill teams. Because if you went and go behind to Liverpool, you had a choice. You said, right, we're going to come at you and try to get an equaliser. And if you did that, you can see three. Yeah. That's and true. if you sat off them, you could see the number two because mm. they were just so clinical and they were so good in, in transition. Yeah. Their Asian midfield is a problem. Fabinho is not it. Thiago, like you say, I think he might have a space in the team, but is not it probably. No. Darwin Nunez, I think, could be it. I think he could be good enough. And he's they've never relied on a totemic number nine to fulfill like that role. Yeah. Their Bobby Firmino was a link-up player. I think Darwin Nunez could fulfill that role and probably... 
match Bobby Firmino's goal scoring ability. They need that. Sadio Mane is a massive loss. Big time. Massive, massive loss. And that was going to be obvious. They are a team in transition. Yeah. They are a team in transition, but no one expected this transition to be so difficult. And I I don't think Harvey Elliott's a bad player, but he is not a centre mid. No. And I think he, his place is probably still off on the bench coming on for like the last 30 minutes. Yeah. He should not be starting in a, in a team like that's struggling as hard as Liverpool. I think for me, you raised a good point about them being in transition. And we said that at the start of the season when we made our Prem predictions. We were like... Liverpool are going to be a team in transition this season, losing Mane, kind of aging midfield. We kind of, we did predict that, but what we didn't predict is the kind of injury crisis that they've had, and it is bad. I don't want it to be like the total kind of take the steam off how bad they've been, but it is bad. Losing Van Dijk, losing um, Jota, Diaz. Bobby Firmino for a period of time, they they have been hit quite hard in terms of injuries, especially in that defence. Losing Van Dijk is massive because for me, Joe Gomez and Matip together, that's just a recipe for Canate disaster. Canati is a good player as well. Canati is decent. But Van Dijk is the gel of that defence. Yeah, 100%. He just marshals everyone. He gives everyone the confidence to play higher because he will just fuck anyone in like a 1v1. And so losing him is massive. And then Jota and Diaz, as good as... Uh, Darwin Nunez can be or will be he's taking time to settle in Salah is obviously world class but has fucking had a stinker a season so far and to not have Diaz and Jota to take some of like the attacking burden you're relying too much on the likes of Harvey Elliott Fabio Carvalho Nunez because he's new I like yeah yeah sure mate but um, yeah you're just relying too much on either unproven youngsters that aren't Good enough to be starting. Like that Bezetic. I don't know how you pronounce his name. Yeah, but he looks good. He looks good. But he looks good. But young. like the fact that you're relying him on as a DM now because Fabinho is washed is scary. Like you've you've taken no kind of initiative in the... So last week I mentioned how Man City are always ahead of the curve in terms of their squad transition. They've always got depth upon depth. So that if players want to leave, like Cancelo leaves, like um, Leroy Sane leaves, like Sterling Jesus leave, they've always got replacements that are at an elite level waiting to go. Whereas Liverpool, they have done... They're just winging it, bro. Yeah, fucking just winging it. So they lost Sadio Mane, who's an elite player. Yes, they've had Diaz to come in. Doesn't do the same thing, but that's fine. But then the likes of like Gina Wijnaldum, as you see him either looking to leave or you want to sell him on, have a world-class centre mid ready to go. Van Dyke. thought Naby Keita was going to be that, but he's just never turned. And so up, they're like, and that might be down to the owners and how they've kind of. To be fair, though, brought in the market. I think Naby Keita was bought because of his pure stats. Was it at Salzburg or Leipzig? Or Leipzig, yeah. And he Crazy. he had numbers for days, and everyone yeah. thought he was going to be like the transitional midfielder for like generations. But yeah, I think yeah, their squad is just being hit by an injury and transition bomb, and they're just struggling. Liverpool fans, let us know down below how do you resolve this. I think we've asked that a couple of times now. Like, just I, I, there is no easy answer. Do you write uh, off this season? Maybe Fuck try that go midfield for, off, in my opinion, and just maybe play go kids. for like a little Champions League run. See if you can get anywhere with that. If not, you don't have to worry about it next season. Or do a Joe Linton 
Move Darwin Nunez because he can't hit a barn door. Move him to centre mid. Yeah, but he's not very technical. He's de- he's not technical. Enough. He's not, but just move him to centre mid and see what happens. Yeah, but your Jonathan was always technically quite good. Yeah, he's Brazilian, isn't he? <laughs> he is Brazilian. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, is it a case of writing off the season? Oh, yeah, the season's over. Well, I know the season's the prem over. The season's over. But I mean, like, do they... Because they're not going to hit Champions League then. No, no, no. If they don't win it. No. Do they write it off the whole season? Fuck it. We're going for a big rebuild. We keep clopping. Jude Bellingham. I'm belling him because he's the one we need. That Mate, would be the ideal kind of... Get him in. Build and then you, you need to look at maybe bringing in someone alongside him who can sit like a Rodri type of player. Allow Bellingham to be that progressive eight. And then... Maybe you look at bringing in someone to maybe take a little bit of pressure off Mo Salah, that right-hand side, because he's not going to do it forever. He he is living in ancient Egypt now. He's getting Mate, old. Since, yeah, since he got that 400 bags a week contract, he's been out of here. Mate, he's due for mummification. <laughs> like, Let's honestly. get on to the Prem predictions. But yeah, we're going to move on to some Prem predictions. But Liverpool fans, you've got to be sick to even enjoy this downfall. That's me pretending I'm sick. I do feel a bit bad for them. Nah, fuck them. Um, starting off with a London derby. This is game week twenty-three. We're getting we're getting in there now. West Ham, who actually pop a very good display against Newcastle. Because did you watch? So I watched like the first half, and Newcastle scored in like a minute, and then VAR ruled it out, and then they scored immediately after. Callum Wilson and everyone was like, "Fuck me!" West Ham looked terrible. They looked absolutely dazed in the first five minutes. It was like players that just I don't know. Bunazoot or something because they were just off off it, mate. But then they got themselves into the game. After that goal that Newcastle scored, it was all West Ham, really. And yeah, a good result. 1-1 at Newcastle is decent. And they're playing against Chelsea, who fucking stink for a team that spent 600 million. I watched a bit of Chelsea. I thought Ezra Fernandez looked decent. He had quite a decent shot. He is a good player, but it's the, it's it's the price tag money, that it? is tapped. Mudrick had a stinker. Yeah, he got shipped off. He half-time. got he got slung at half time, mate. It was, but yeah. All right, let's get into the predictions before we waffle on too much. Also, our predictions lately have been shit. <sighs> so I'm shit. Just, like, to be honest, I don't even know who's playing next week. I just I just wing it. Yeah, on we do wing it. I'm gonna vibe. go for a one-one, a one-all. I'm gonna go for a one-nil Chelsea. One-nil Chelsea. Okay, and then it's the boys. Bounce off, back versus the bees. Yeah, off the back of a nightmare against Everton, we're home against Brentford, who are renowned for taking points off the big teams. But when we went to, I think their stadium's now called the G Tech Arena. Oh, I just. But when we went there, we boy. slapped them three 0 I say the Timbo, but I'm very jealous of how well they've done. Um, I reckon we. It'll be harder than when we played them earlier in the season, but I do reckon. We're going to be on crowd. Mate, and Bomo and Wissa are doing a little bit of bits, though. I reckon we'll concede, but I reckon we'll win. I'm going to go 2-1 Arsenal. I'm going to join you on that 2-1. I was the exact same thing. Okay. And then, shout out HLTCO. He the rivalry that's not a rivalry. Yeah, though. he put up a YouTube vid recently about uh, a rivalry that's not a rivalry. We love Dan from HLTCO. Uh, Crystal Palace hosting Brighton. What are you saying? Brighton, I love Deservey and Palace. I feel underwhelmed by what they put out in terms of yeah. how. I mean, Zaha is injured. I think is he? He's not back for this, is he? Oh, I have no idea. Didn't even know he was injured. And like Eze's still not starting, man. You got bloody Ayu starting every game. He's now. washed for me. Jeffrey Schlupp as well. It's Matoma. It's Matoma FC. They were completely outclassed by Man United yeah, until were, yeah. Kashmiro decided to <laughs> WWE chokehold uh, Will Hughes. Yeah, fact. 
I think they're going to struggle. I think the Zerbi ball is going to be a bit too fast, a bit too much intense. Matoma's going to have... Who's, who's it? Who's that? So it's either Nathaniel Klein or is it... Um, who's the old cunt that plays right back for them sometimes? Joel Ward. Joel Ward. If it's Joel Ward, I swear to God, Matoma's going to score a hat-trick. Yeah, but Joel Ward's got a PhD in defending, so it's like... <laughs> but I'm yeah, going anyway, to go 2-0 Brighton. Mate, Fast and Furious Brighton, call the Zerbi Vin Diesel, whatever you like. <laughs> Brighton, I'm going for a 2 0 win. Is that what you said? Copy me again, oh, man. 3 1 Brighton. 3 1 Brighton. Okay. Fulham, flying. I think they're sixth in the Prem, maybe even fifth. <laughs> Look at this guy. <laughs> we haven't even had anything to drink. Uh, against Nottingham Forest, who are also flying. Oh, <laughs> mate, let's go. I think it'll be a good game. Steve Cooper, the paratrooper, mate. He's going to be landing into Craven Cottage with a point to prove. However, Marco Silva is going to send him back. In. Yeah, I think Fulham dub. Send him back up the way to Nottingham. Fulham, you're going for a 1 0 win. Kale Navas had a very good debut. For He's a good player, mate. Nottingham Forest, yeah. Played uh, PSG for no reason, though. And Real Madrid. Um, yeah, I think Fulham will win. I'm going to go 2 0 Fulham. Yeah, I went 1 0. Okay, that's good. Stinky Leicester versus somewhat no, not so stinky yeah, Spurs. Four two they won. On yeah, the they're weekend. still stinky though. Against Aston Villa, Unai Emery's Aston Villa. Yeah, oh, mate, still... we both had Aston Villa to catch a dub. Yeah, well, we don't fucking love it. our predictions are shit. I very much like Leicester's right winger Tete. Oh, he was good. He, he, was he good. looks good, and it allows, like we said in the last pod, Brendan Rodgers to have two out and out wingers and him Madison and Harvey Barnes got on the score sheet. I think they might have a surprise or two for Spurs. Go on, and what's your scoreline? 2 1 Leicester. Whoa, I'm going for an 8 0 Spurs. Oh, okay. <laughs> I'm going to go for a 2 uh, 1 Spurs. Okay, 2 1 either way. Southampton hosting Wolves. Wolves off of a fantastic result against a lowly Liverpool. Um, Southampton, they have Nathan Jones. <laughs> <laughs> oh, I'm going f- 2 0 Wolves. Well, I, I always say Wolves are only going to score one maximum. But after that Liverpool result, I think they're going to be buzzing. I'm going to go 2-1 two, two, Wolves. What did you say? 2-0. Okay, and I'll say 2-1. I think I said 2-0. I can't remember now. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, Bournemouth versus Newcastle. Michael Jordan money versus the Saudi money. Yeah. It do be like that. that it do be like that. I think Bournemouth are washed... I think their transfer window, we were speaking about this. We is, had a guy actually say, didn't we? Yeah, he, he, maybe he, we're a bit harsh on their transfer window. And I think did say, though, in the, if you watch the whole video, yeah, they were on the cusp. They're on the cusp of, we were saying, having a decent window, but we put them in nothing special just because we didn't think what they did was enough to keep them in the Prem, which is their main remit for this season now. And no Zaniolo, I no Golo. You see, he's gone to Galatasaray, which is mad. Um, but yeah, I don't think Bournemouth have done enough to keep themselves in the Prem in the window. And their form... So they lost 1-0 to Brighton last week. Late on. Late on. It was, they're all right. But Big they're, Matoma. They're just not offering enough, I don't think. And teams like that are doing well, like Newcastle, I think will just have their field day with Bournemouth. I think it's going to be 3-0 Newcastle. Yeah, I'm going to go for a 2-0 Newcastle. Do you think if um, Matoma carries on his form until the end of the season, he'll go to like some Premier League club for 70 million Arsenal come and get him yeah no it probably won't be Arsenal we just signed him right probably be Chelsea let's be honest he's <laughs> great Potter mate fucking hell um, Leeds you know in Harry Potter they've got um, Potter's army yes 
He's just, he's just getting people to sign up. It's all the Brighton players. I saw a tweet of, <laughs> it was um, Sean Dyche on the touchline. And it was just a gif of, he was like going mental. He was like, ah. And they like dubbed over um, Voldemort being like, Avada Kedavra. <laughs> so funny. But um, oh, that's a big one. Leeds, oh, yeah, no manager. Play, they're playing tomorrow night. We're filming this on Tuesday. Yeah. They haven't even played the first game. So, so they've got the double. So Leeds, Man United double. This is the second one they're on the Sunday. They're hoping to have a manager in place for Yeah, you'd Sunday. fucking hope so. Um, having no idea what's happened in their encounters so far in the Premier League I'm going to say May United slap them up I'm going maybe I think I might go for a 3-0 f- 3-0 I like that I do reckon they'll slap them up as well this is a bit of a is this a bit of a rivalry this is a rivalry isn't it May United Leeds um, I think yeah it's gonna. I, I don't think the new manager bounce is going to be the same as it was for Everton you get a very like unique kind of manager bounce when you got Sean Dyche. And I think anyone that you they, have no choice. Anyone they get in doesn't really have that kind of prem proven manager bounce pedi- vibe. Pedi- so, pedi- yeah. yeah. So I think they're gonna struggle. The team is good, but May Night are flying. I'm gonna get, I'm gonna three nil. I'm gonna go three one Man United. Okay. City versus Villa. I just think, it, like, City were pretty shit against Spurs. I just, they are still the best team in the Prem for me. Without yeah. Cancelo. They just quite impressed by Rico Lewis. dicking about with this team. How's De Bruyne not starting? I just, I think... You Why need, is Foden not starting? You look at it from an outside perspective and you think it looks like a bit more issues. I think Pep is going to really, like, he's going to be on this team. He's going to be drawing their attention away from everything that's happening off the pitch. He is a results man. He already cares about some results yeah. and how his team played. And I think it's going to be too much for Emery. I'm going for a 2-0 Man City. 2-0 Man City. I like that. Harlan to get back on the score sheet. I think Aston Villa, after conceding four, I'm not too sure about that defence, you know. Conceding four, you ain't too sure. I like the idea of Harlan captain. So I'm going to go goals, goals, goals. I'm going to go 4-1 Man City. Man City to concede? Yeah, I, that defence, if they keep starting, I'm pretty sure Diaz and Laporte are fit. How are they not starting? What the fuck is going on there? Why is it showing? Anyway, Monday 13th of February. Liverpool, Everton. Liverpool, Everton. Merseyside Derby. Merseyside Derby. Two teams both looking up the table, hopefully. I mean, Sean Dyche, good can, match, can he literally, like... That would be an insane start for Sean Dyche. To start off oh, against mate. Arsenal and Liverpool, you'd be thinking, fuck me, that is a baptism fight, to say the you least. To get six if, points from that, you'd give him a statue already. If Liverpool lose this, it will be carnage. Will, I think yeah. you'll be seeing a lot of... Just because of what this rivalry means as well, and where Everton are, Yeah, it'll be carnage. You're, I think you'll see a lot of Liverpool fans calling for Klopp's head. Klopp out, FSG out. Is it FSG? That's Liverpool owners, isn't it? So I think, yeah. Yeah, I I don't reckon Everton will get the win here. I'm going to go 1-1. I, I'm going to go for a stinky draw. So I'm going to go for a 0-0. 0-0. I think that was... Was it 0-0 early when they played in the season? I can't remember, mate. Yeah. Both shit. And then, to round it up, midweek, Arsenal's rescheduled fixture against the champions, Manchester City. Arteta oh. versus Pep. Dun, dun, dun. The pubs will watch this. It's going to be huge because if Arsenal can win this one, so Arsenal at home, this is the one at the Etihad. I think everyone's kind of not really much faith in us getting anything from that game. But if we can win the home fixture, 
doesn't matter what happens at the Etihad. It'd be nice to win. It'd be nice to draw. But if we do lose, three points each way, it's like nothing ever happened. So, for me, I back the boys. I think it'd be nice to know what happened in the Aston Villa game before we made this prediction. But I back the boys. I'm going to say 2-1 Arsenal. Oh, this is this is the one, isn't it? The most important game of the season so far. Arguably, and... yeah. Uh, yeah, there's so much uncertainty around it at the minute, but, 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 I am going to go, dun, dun, dun. find out in the next episode of Broad Draw. <laughs> now, yeah, I'm going to go home. Yeah, <laughs> I'm going to go for a draw. Uh, I'll take it. I'm going to go for a one-all draw. Okay. I'm going for a one-all draw. However, I'm leaning more towards City. City will draw harder. Okay. No. It won't be a board draw, though. It won't be a board draw. This, uh, this game's going to have... But this is being This game will have draw. intensity. It will have passion. Desire. No passion. No aggression. Guys, let us know your predictions down below. Yeah. This has been Board Draw, episode number 34. Follow the socials. Do all that good stuff. We are going to start mentioning our Board Draw Euro Tour. Board that Draw is coming Euro Tour. Sooner than... Sooner than we expected. So literally, get just over a month. There'll be, as we mentioned uh, a couple of episodes back, we'll do a little giveaway in line with our Euro Tour. So keep your eyes peeled for that. Also, 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 also. Shout out James Lawrence Allcott. He's doing a little uh, event. We'll be there. And we'll be there. We'll be there on Friday in London. So to all our thousands and thousands <laughs> of fans, if you on see million. us, don't be scared to ask for a photo. What do they say at the WWE? So it's like, to the thousands watching here live and to the millions watching at home. That's us. <laughs> we got a crowd here, live crowd of thousands and yeah, we millions have to at home. Shut the fuck up, yeah, it? it's, too loud. it's too loud. But yeah, follow all the socials. Make sure you like, comment and subscribe. And we'll be back again next week to talk about all of this chaos that's going to be going on. And Champions League's back. And Champions League's back, man. So get excited. That's that is the real Valentine's Day gift. So shout out to all you lovers out there. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it's me Bordra. Like Luther Vandross. And it's live. Maj. <laughs>